Hey everyone, this is Jeremy and Kai, and we just wanted to do a quick disclaimer at the beginning of this uh, Live to Walk Again podcast episode uh, to let everyone know that this um, is for mature audiences only. Uh, We're going to discuss some topics that uh, have a huge impact on the paralysis and disabled community um you know as far as sexual assault and rape and things like sex that. crimes sex crimes yeah. yeah and uh we also find ourselves here where uh i'm going to be giving an exclusive interview to the podcast as uh i found myself in a situation where a family member has recently had a very very public um, fall from grace regarding this subject and I happen to be right in the middle of it for the last 11 months intensely um, looking to get justice in this situation and now um, a lot of media is coming out and he has been arrested so we're going to talk about that and go in depth and um, yeah and we just wanted to give you all a warning ahead of time that you know children probably shouldn't listen to this episode but uh, yeah and uh, and if this is not the type of episode for you then you know you can always skip this one yeah we'll be back next week with more familiar topics hello and welcome to episode 74 of the lit walk again podcast my name is jeremy dixon your host as always here with me as usual brandon stevens brandon say hello to the people jay what's up man how's it going it's going well. It's going really well. I'm so excited. we have, uh, yeah, I'm excited too, man. We have another uh, another guest in the in the building tonight that uh, we've had on the show a few times. In studio. In studio, absolutely. And uh, it's uh, Live to Walk Again board member Kai Zen Bickle. Kai, hey, welcome hey, to hey. the show. We know you've uh, you've changed your name a little bit since the last time we had you on, so. Uh, yeah, man. I How did. are you doing? I did. There was a there was a name change, Jeremy, and uh, it's good to be back at the Walk Again, Live to Walk Again Studios. Well, Kai is a founding member of the Live to Walk Again Foundation. He is. He can yeah. be found in the five hundred one c three documents, even. Well, it's just funny. Um, Jeremy is describing before we got on here, and he's he's talking and he's saying. Uh, yeah, just a returning guest, and there's, just there's a, like there's like four co-founders say, of the thing. I said, for, I think I said friend, of the, friend of the podcast. Yeah. But that's like that's like the going term that every you know, that's yeah. Yeah, he is. A, well, was, we have lots of friends of the podcast, right? We but do. it was, I think, it's more of we um, have another one in the building too, Jordan Wagner, who she's uh, been on the podcast and but, also helped create the Live the Walk Again dot org. Mm, yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah, she was a big help in that. She, I mean, she did that all by herself. I mean, the, her company did that yeah. whole thing for us. So yeah, it's been. Uh, I, I think people don't realize that um, we went to high school together. Hmm. What are you What are you doing, Jeremy? You want me to do what? Backup. Backup. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think people realize that we went to high school. All of us, you know, we grew up out here, small town. And uh, Jeremy, you you got paralyzed in high school, right? Um, your brother was one of our really close friends, and 
got to know you really more after you were paralyzed, me personally. Yeah. And we became close friends. Yeah, we, uh, we bonded over Seahawks games and... Uh, and know. also over the idea of... Um, Finding a cure for paralysis? Yeah, that came a little after the Seahawks. Uh, right, right. But yeah, no, yeah. We're, and you guys uh, are yeah, both we're... Mariners fans, which is just bad. Yeah, so it's the it's the it's the family, it's the love, it's the hometown, and mm-hmm. um, one of those initiatives was let's fast track a cure for paralysis. Let's help people who are in the paralysis com- community live a longer, healthier, happier life if we can. Right. If we can find out ways, let's let's create a platform and catalyze this uh, action towards uh, that desirable outcome. And that's why we founded and uh, created this. Really, it was a sweat equity kind of thing where everybody's putting in our time and energy and inspiring each other with this. And you've you've kept it going. You know, now you're you're on. We're on the seventy fifth pod, or what is it? Seventy fourth. Seventy four. Okay. We'll be we'll be clocking two years in February. Yeah, of going it's getting, in on this. It's getting a lot of momentum. Um, I did change my name uh, in October. And I will get into that a little bit more. But one of the things I, I changed in my name was uh, this term Kaizen, which is Zen. Zen's my middle name now. But Kaizen in Japan, what that means, and it relates to the walk again here, is it's that subtle, consistent, incremental change and hmm. improvement, self-reflection. That's what's been happening here at the walk again, where show by show, getting consistent, continue mm-hmm. to get better yeah. find ways and i think it's really cool how you've um really grown the show jeremy well jeremy and i have talked a lot about um with this podcast how you know uh any anything that is good is going to take a lot of time and a lot of hard work and most people would give up just because you know we don't have millions of listeners yet but you can see the growth and that takes time man i mean it, it it is like you said it's incremental and it it doesn't come overnight and anybody and so this is the same thing like what you're talking about when it comes to finding a cure for paralysis like okay it's a slow grind but we really want you to understand that we will get there it just takes time Mm. yeah that's i mean the whole point of the live to walk again i mean foundation and the podcast is we're looking for a cure Uh, that's the main goal but also, yeah, like we're we're trying to implement the best ways of living and changing our lives and, and doing living the healthiest way we can until a, a cure or, or some kind of procedure is perfected that we can we can well, not also, have to be in wheelchairs, not have to deal with paralysis anymore. Well also, I mean just highlighting the different um, research that's going on, the different science there is out there, <clears throat> the different um, ways to stay healthy and be what which Kai would talk about a lot is being like patient zero the first person that's going to be ready like how can you get yourself prepared for when this treatment comes and be in the best optimal shape to get there and so like something so I always you know I check out the internet like scouring the internet for stories about new technology and spinal cord injury research different <clears throat> different things like that and you know, it's been pretty slow since COVID hit as far as, as new technologies uh, developing. I mean, people are working on it. It's just not getting as much publicity right now because of COVID. Um, but 
two things that I saw. I mean, we, this is our first podcast, obviously, since the New Year's. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, yeah. Uh, Damn, don't, we didn't even address 2021. Yeah, don't, uh, okay. Yeah, there. make sure uh, to listen to this podcast anywhere you uh, you might want to listen to podcasts. Apple. Got to do it. Uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you want to check them out. We're on everything. So, uh, yeah, please subscribe, rate us, review, share it with, uh, with your friends. Um, but back to what I was saying about it being so slow with, with COVID right now, um, there was two articles that I, I found this in the, over the last couple of weeks. One was that people with spinal cord injuries' brains age faster than mm. an average person. Interesting. Which is makes scary. Well, I mean, yeah. It, it's, makes sense. Right. Why is that? Well, a big part of it is because you're sitting and you're immobilized if your body's not moving it's it's not working yeah, you're as, not as anything humans, else. Well, it's there's a neurological a, disorder too so uh, right and it's also cord. a neurological disorder like there's um i'm not like you're asking me i'm telling you as somebody that's just a civilian uh that's yeah. gone out and seen things but one of the things I'll, I'll tell you is that at a lot of these conferences there'll be entire presentations about how bad just sitting is. Mm, right. And then there'll also be uh, obviously a lot of talk about like move it or lose it kind mm. of situation. So Atrophy. if your body isn't um, moving around and lifting weights and um, flexing and, and sure, doing the, the body, normal things, the body atrophies, but, but how does the brain? Well, everything's interconnected. Yeah. So it's, and, and you got injuries to deal with and different things. Um, and that's always a great conversation in this uh, podcast is what are the new technologies? And then you guys right. talked about um, uh, healthy living, like mm-hmm. holistic living. And that the healthy living part encompasses everything. So that can be mental, emotional. I always thought this fascinating conversation, <clears throat> Jeremy, about your mindset after Absolutely. that injury. What helped you get through it? What helped you turn the corner? When the chips are down, you know, I've gotten, I've had some of my own external circumstances come up, you know, over the last year and really play out in the last month. And, uh, and just like you, you have external circumstances come up and that's how do you respond? Well, we've, we've talked, um, a little bit with Jeremy about those things. And I think that those things that you're touching on right now, right there are most important for this podcast in particular, because I think that maybe the people that are listening, hopefully that are, are in the, are in the same position as Jeremy and are looking for inspiration or guidance, um, and just some sort of, um, way to get through it. And so Jeremy sharing his story, I think he talked about that somewhat, but I don't know if we've ever like really dug in so much on where he found inspiration. I know he's, he's talked about some of the people that were there helping him. Yeah. And, and we've had conversations with others. Um, that's a, a definitely a really important part of this. And then the other part of it is, is how can our mindset with this platform, how can we add value and help others? Mm-hmm. And that goes um, with our values as well. You know, you guys, we all grew up together. You know, I was very lucky that I grew up around this environment with my mom, with the, you know, small town, same high school my mom went to, mm-hmm. um, you know, humbly, uh, my mom had to get sue my dad basically for child support, mm-hmm. you know, and so she didn't even really get much. So 
And then, of course, as you guys know, she's a stage four cancer survivor because she had stage four cancer after she finally kind of got away. She had a lot of emotional turmoil, you know. So, um, and then I was so lucky, and Brandon, you, you and me both, is that we got to grow up really spending so much time in in uh, Billy and Sue's house. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and we've and we've had uh, Congressman Denny Heck on here, who's talked about Billy. Um, yeah. So you you can just uh, United States Congressman who speaks of of a, a mutual friend and mentor of ours, Billy Frank Jr. in of the highest regard, and we're talking about a a person who has the Presidential Medal of Honor. Yeah, um, uh, we grew up with that. Yeah, for me it was like um, you know I kind our of Medal moved, of Freedom, I should say. Yeah, I, I moved into Willie's house actually when my mom um, was battling uh, cancer, and. So I basically got to kind of like live there. Like Sue and Billy took me in. So and we spent all the kids, or you know, I don't know, eight eight boys or whatever from our school that we all didn't really have dads at home. Nope. So Billy kind of was our adopted father, and for me, it really felt like my adopted father and like that role model, and that that really was the person that kind of raised me. I'm so grateful um, to be around Sue, who was incredible. Mm-hmm. And you get Sue Crystal, who was a you know, Jewish lawyer for the state. And then you had Billy Frank Jr., who's this indigenous civil rights tribal icon. They refer to him as like a Martin Luther King Jr. of mm-hmm. the indigenous um, community. And, and and Martin Luther King Jr. of the Pacific Northwest kind of uh, reverence out here mm-hmm. for him. And um, so to have that growing up, was um, now really realizing how valuable that was. You you felt it at the time, but now also you're realizing how valuable that was for me in particular. Probably didn't appreciate it as much. At I the appreciated time. it. I it did. was it was no. I I wouldn't say taken for granted at all, but there was a lot of recognition throughout. Maybe I didn't cherish it as much. You know, like. Now sometimes I like wish I had more pictures and stuff, but I at wish the, I had more pictures. But yeah. at the time, it wasn't like I cared about a picture. You know, right. I was able to just sit and listen. We had a beautiful childhood, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and to be able to have Billy Frank Jr. as as that father figure for for several of us, and in particular for me, that was a huge uh, thing. And um, you know, kind of alluding to okay, guys had the name change. Um, you know, upbringing and, and whatnot. And that's because uh, there's been some really crazy stuff that's unfolded in my life where, you know, I Brandon knows this better than many people in the world because growing up here, I would go see my biological dad, right? He's this like flamboyant business businessman type and, you know, has his uh, lifestyle of, of, of sort of flaunting kind of like a, non-monogamous playboy I guess kind of Mm. lifestyle right where he's his whole idea is like okay I'm gonna work hard play hard I have a unusual type of lifestyle but very transparent Um, yeah everybody knows about it yeah like uh, I don't like drugs I don't like you know people getting drunk Um, I, I, I I'm all about women's breast cancer foundation and women are the the greatest thing in the world. And I just honor them and I love my mom. And like, that was his persona. Right. And so I'd go and visit because my mom left when I was three. So I'd go visit him for like spring break for a few times in 
high school. I don't know. We have maybe five times that we went down there for spring break. Brandon, mm-hmm. you're pretty much with me on almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, visit for a few weeks in the summer and you've been there for some of those. Mm-hmm. And that was really in the summertime. We go there and you show up at this like crazy house that he started building when I was just a little kid. Cause I grew up in the, I was kindergarten in the Bahamas. That's where I met Primo who mm-hmm. you guys are friends with. Yeah. Is my, We've talked about Primo several yeah, times like, on the podcast. You know, one of my best friends from kindergarten, you know, yeah. he's the only Bahamian in our little like white classroom because it was uh, a gated community and like, he he ended up being my best friend and because and him and I are still in touch right and you guys are all friends with him and we're all connected right but um yeah just going back and uh, visiting that and in the summertime it was like going to work kind of yeah like because uh, the way my dad rolled my biological dad because I at this point you guys like I've gone in this last year really had really in the last eighteen months I've had this transition to where. I don't even think about referencing him as my father mm. anymore because I've I feel like there were like two people. Yeah. So it was like okay, my dad, the guy I thought was my dad, who like I knew at a surface level basically, right. because even when you're down there in the Bahamas, you're still kept at a distance. You're at a distance, right? And you're so still we, playing a certain role too. You see him when he wants to see you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the time that we hang out is sports. So that would be around seven, six thirty, seven o'clock until dinner. And dinner would be around eight thirty, nine thirty, and then you go and you have dinner. Everybody's sitting around the table. It's all nice, whatever. It's a nice little dinner. And then at that time, you'd like maybe play cards after. We'd play like Uno. Like an Uno yeah, tournament, we would. you know, and that's that's when he started getting into poker later in my life. That's why. I, I, but even then, this is like high school, right? Right. Like just visiting. High, I barely didn't really go over there even when I was in elementary school. Or, and it was also like during the day you were expected to work, contribute, yeah, somehow, and, and, and that's, that's fine. physical labor. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we would go to work. So like, I, my job's like pick rocks up off the beach. You know, because his whole thing, or uh, take out all the trash. Right. Wash all know, the windows. Brandon was washing windows. I was, you know, Painting. on like rat killing duty, you know, like yeah. whatever it was. And I'm f- cool with that. I'm totally happy with that because his whole idea was work hard. You know, he came from nothing. He had this story of, you know, coming from Finland and Canada. And they all were from this like converted coal bin kind of thing where they lived in really poverty uh, con- conditions. Can Are we, are we going to acknowledge... Um, who this person is? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. So, I'm just I'm okay. kind of getting there, but it, it, that's okay if you want to. No, I was say gonna it. say who who we're talking about is Kaizen Bickle's father, who is Peter Nygaard. Right, um, and my my name, you know, growing up was Kai Bickle Nygaard yeah. because Bickle is my mom's last name. Right, and uh, a lot of people knew me as. Kai Nygaard when I was in the Nygaard world because that's just how they, you know, Kai Nygaard, yeah, that's what they're going to call me. And essentially, I mean, he built a large amount of wealth um, off of being a fashion designer of the clothing brand named after your guys' namesake, well, Nygaard. He, yeah, he, he basically took over a company that was, I think, doing about 200 grand or something a year in sales at the time. I could be a little bit off on that. That was a story I think I heard. Yeah, And took like 20% of it and then within a couple of years he ended up with all of it and then he kept 
growing and building up that kaizening it <laughs> you know uh hmm. continuing to just build it and i when i would see him i would see him in this business environment right so basically some spring breaks some sp- summer breaks when we're working and then there'd be a trip to canada where he would have these once a year like business meetings for like a week yeah. and then so you you go there and then there's a one family weekend for two days at the lake cottage because you have many many brothers and sisters well so right? I, I didn't mean... i didn't actually find that out till later okay. so so basically my mom and him had a, a long relationship it was turbulent it was terrible my by the time my mom left a few years later she had cancer yeah. uh, right. stage four cancer and it was i mean my mom has gone through hell with mostly, this man mostly post-traumatic stress disorder a lot of uh, all kinds of stuff it's been and my memories like early memories are not like positive memories gotcha. like if, yeah. I were, if i were like hey guys my first memory is this you'd probably feel like bad right. you know cause it's yeah, not a nice do. story that i don't want to like bring people down but it's basically we were in therapy yeah. right like after my mom left right so um yeah, coming up here and getting settled in her hometown and then, like, connecting with this community and, and having Sue and Billy and Willie and, like, all my friends here was well, so Well, it huge. was also um, knowing you since you were probably, like, maybe 13-ish well, years I, old. I got here for fifth grade. Yeah, well, and I met you, like, around seventh, seventh grade. Seventh grade, yeah. and um, really, I didn't even find out about this other life of yours until you were probably like in 10th grade right? Because or 11th grade even. Yeah, because I didn't really want to go around and tell everybody that, hey, I have this dad who's making a lot of you know money. He's right. this very wealthy guy right. and I that know. I've got I this mean, house. Is ve- we're talking very wealthy, man. Well, they listed. So here's the thing. Very. I don't. I don't, he's very now finding out he's a very deceptive guy well they right? all it seems like yeah, so, I think so, a lot of these guys so I don't there. know but I, I will tell you that um, you know he had required a lot of real estate assets that and that's where um, a lot of that yeah and, you put and, that money in and he was building up um, these kind of incredible homes like the Bahamas home when I was a kid there was nothing there and then as it started to go it became um like this continuing tree house sort of think luxury the, yeah. Mayan village. Think like Swiss family Robinson mixed with Mayan architecture along with like uh, exuberantly extraordinary and extravagant fits and finishes. Yeah, it was a, it's, it's, it was one of the most incredible houses in the world. There's no yeah, doubt. Absolutely. About I've it. just seen it on TV. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Didn't they do like the Canadian version of lifestyles of the rich and famous? Uh, they there did. Or something? They did the, the, the American the real, version yeah. oh, at least, they? at least three or four times. And, oh, wow. and, um, it was kind of their feature house that they kept coming back to, uh, because it There's was really so nothing unique. like it that you'll ever see it to me when I, um, from an outsider's perspective, when I when you would see things like on Netflix, they have like mega mansions and stuff like that. it doesn't really compare in any way. It can't be put into words. Yeah, it's a okay. completely. It was a very unique house. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm I'm going from this world here, yeah. and then I head off to spring break or winter break, and I go to that world, and all of a sudden I'm in that world, and I'm I'm Kai Nygaard. I'm the you know supposedly eldest son at least acknowledged the I prince found out. of the palace right so every and, and then i'm in this gated community that's surrounded by these really affluent 
absolutely uh, households and uh, people, from all over the world, right? And people want to come hang out. You know, when you go out into the community, you got kind of the coolest house in the neighborhood, right? So it's a, uh, it. I really went from. I had two complete. I had That's these crazy. completely different worlds. Yeah. Uh, that I had exposure to, but I'm really lucky that I think 95% of my time growing up was exposed to like this world. Absolutely. And, right. And so you were just there. I mean, it's just yeah, like they're at a surface level. Summers and spring breaks. Yeah. Well. As and I'm I'm there on like family times, right? And his whole thing was that he has this personality that first of all as his son going there you're a guest at his house i know i'm a guest at his house when it's i show. not like home it's like, not that's my room or whatever no. I got well kind of like it's kind of like because you're on positive terms you're like yeah okay yeah this is i built this for you or this was your room that's like ledge was this room that was kind of like my room that i would always stay in but as a as it got old, as as you got older and stuff, you realize that like, okay, that's nice that he was saying that, but that's not really like. Right. I'm, it turned into like I'm going to stay in like the least coolest room because there's guests at the house, and, right? And, that, and that's and totally get, fun. Yeah. Like I'm totally fine. I'm a guest, right? In and your I, own house, basically. Yeah, and 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 growing up humbly here because we didn't have the big child support thing. The stage four cancer pretty much wiped out all my mom's money that she had, you know, and he didn't help. Uh Right. So it's just like, okay, and that's fine because the way I was looking at it was I just thought, wow, man, this is incredible privilege to be able to have access to this world. This is an incredible platform, incredible Mm. opportunity. Um, I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to I'm going to not expect a thing. And I'm going to see how much good that I can do because I didn't really want to be in the fashion. I love the fashion world but i was more thinking about what could we do with this house and this situation Mm -hmm. as i got older that would really bring value to the world that would be positive Mm -hmm. and so that's where my mindset was more on like activism and even like the walk again was kind of an extension of that mindset right as we're doing this right and so um you take him at his word to what he shows you and what he has, you want to believe in your dad, right? And That's this your is, dad, man. It's your dad, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is, is yeah, you you want to see the best. Like I looked at him and I was like, wow, there's so many amazing qualities in this person. And yeah, he's hard to get along with, right? And I think he's misunderstood, maybe in some ways. But he's also um, uh, got all these positive things. And it was so, uh, it was a weird, like I've experienced things. Because of, because that's what we do in life in our situations. That's how we were sculpted. But one story in particular that I always remember him telling was how uh, you know when he was like so very poor, um, they were living in a shack in Finland, and he didn't even have food. And the neighbor, he went to the neighbor's house, and his neighbor had like cooked up like the sweet loaf of bread, and then like the dude ate it all in front of him, right, and didn't share it with with peter nygaard didn't share the toast he didn't share the toast so he's like from that day on i was like i'm always gonna share my toast right which is like something that you say yeah that's one of the things he said right so he had he he had a lot of um great stories like that yeah 
and things that he would say, just like a, a, he would talk about how much he respected women and how much he hated exactly. drugs. Uh, so, so but, but real quick, before we get into what like what transpired with Peter Nygaard, yeah, and where this is all led, I wanted the reason I kind of wanted, and I like we talked about this off the air, Kai. The reason I really wanted to have you on to talk about, I mean, because we're friends, we know we you know we're all we all go back. I mean, we're damn near family. And that, you know, when it comes to, you know, the, having this story on the Live to Walk Again podcast, it's like, well, what does this really have to do with, with this? But I feel like a lot of, you know, we, we had on Angela Rockwood who talked a lot about how especially women with disabilities are abused yeah. sexually and, and physically at a, a much higher rate than than any but uh, any other you know subgenre of of the of the population so you know well a lot of that, a lot of what we bring to this podcast has to do with equality um right yeah I, I hear what you're saying this is a good point to state and could be stated in the beginning is that um the point of the podcast is to continue to uh open up communication and find smarter ways or solutions to these different things and one of the big things you know i brought this up you brought it up we talked about it uh, is that uh disabled communities um do suffer a very high amount of sexual abuse and it doesn't surprise me because i've gone down the rabbit hole so much in the last mm. year especially i mean i have gone down the rabbit hole yeah. like you like holy shit and i couldn't really talk about it because Who i'm dealing with like criminal about? investigation <laughs> yeah. you know and i and i thought he was going to be a flight risk so there's a whole thing but that's this kind of but the punchline is is that six less than six percent of what i the stats i was looking at less than six percent of sex assaults or crimes are even reported yeah so that right there right. is all, all of a sudden just holy crap. And then the other part is is that this, this number is so much higher in the disabled community. And the reason why is because the um, predators who are committing these crimes look for the vulnerable yeah. targets. Right. And this is exactly what my dad did. Now that we find out later, because we're, we're talking about, okay, this is how it looked. This is how it yeah. felt. This is how, whatever. In the last, for me, it started in May 2019, where I got a reveal on him from a random dinner party. I stopped by and I thought I saw something and I, I freaked out. And that was when I first was like, okay, wait a second. Huh. And then by the time we got to February, you know, six months later or whatever, that's when, things that's started when to fly. some stuff got actually filed that you could read. And then I read that, and then, you know, and then I had one of his friends confide in me something that was another huge, massive red flag to where I was just like, okay, I'm all in, like, we yeah. got to figure this out and like stop this guy. Because at that point I was pretty much convinced that he was a dangerous predator and that was in, you know, February. And so at that point you start picking up the phone, you're calling the lawyers that, you know, uh, put out the civil suit, calling the, 
police. You're calling, I mean, you're calling everybody and, and calling everybody that you know, or at least I was, trying to figure out, like, hey, what what is going on? Like, really, have you ever, ever, like, really, really, really? Did you see something? Did you not see something? Because yeah. here's what I saw, blah, 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 blah. And it sounds like he had a lot of enablers. The more you look, here, here was the crazy thing with him, was the more I searched, the more I found. And it was like a like floodgates. And at some point, I was I just felt like this huge, almost, for me, it was like a personal responsibility to do every single thing I could because I had proximity and I had some knowledge of him as his son. And I, I knew, and just because I just knew from the different things that had happened that I'd gotten to that point where I was certain that he needed to face a trial and also certain that he had no intention to stick around for one and that he would definitely be so, fleeing then that that's when you all of a sudden it turned into like a full-time obsession so essentially uh what what kai is referring to is his, his dad was eventually arrested recently for um nine counts nine yeah, uh, and and this is a guy who's extremely high profile. Uh, this is going to be up there in the Epstein Weinstein category. Yeah, we're talking about a very prominent person. Well, he he's going to be he's not really prominent or famous um, in in the sense, but he's he's now infamous. You you wouldn't you wouldn't know Epstein either if you he wouldn't wasn't know, who exactly. He is. You wouldn't have known Epstein, but Epstein became infamous. You wouldn't have known Peter Nygaard, but now you will. Exactly. Likely because he's going to be cast out there. There's a huge documentary that's coming out, which I ended up participating in. I was the last interview they did, and the reason that I did was because I wanted to um, stand up, be there, be heard, be seen, be transparent. Um, be in support of the survivors, be in support of the uh, the the lawyers that brought this action, in support of everyone that was on the side of uncovering truth and justice. Yeah. Uh, because for me, and I think for a lot of other people, uh, when when you talk about rape and pedophilia and sex crimes, that's a special kind of evil. Mm. That's something yeah. that is not. Um, it doesn't matter if it's your mom, dad, sister, but there's no blood tie. There's no financial tie. There's no. Um, loyalty, but, but, there's but there nothing. is, but but for me there isn't. But for right? you there wasn't. No, and that's, because not not on that stuff. Well, that's that's very admirable. That you know, I mean, I know you're not I looking know, for like, a pat on and, the back. Well, man. I've heard for, I've heard from you that you've said that like you you know you've had family members call you like mad at you that you've been helping to so bring him to justice. Basically. So I was in a spot with them over the years where. I had tried to build a good relationship with him yeah. and I took it upon myself to just say, all right, he's hard to get along with. He's pretty much an a-hole. He's not fun to hang out with. I he treats you, his yeah. staff like dirt. An a-hole is some of them stick around. A nice he has a, it. he has a handful of people that stick around. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but they deal with his personal private life. I don't deal with that. I'm not around that. That's true. And, um, so you say, all right, well, is there something positive we might be able to do together, right? And so I try to find something. Like I built a farm in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. That was a three-month project. He wasn't even really there, but I collaborated with him to get little incremental payments to build an organic, sustainable bio farm so that because Bahamas doesn't grow any food on the island. But then I'd go like, you know, five-year gap between even seeing him because we'd get in some fight over something. I had a huge falling out with him over um, this bacon situation. Uh, our neighbor 
in the Bahamas who I, I actually, as a kid going out there, I would, um, the person that was house sitting for that property would like take me out fishing. Like I was cool for with the bacon from, from, from bacon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was totally, they were, they're not bad people. Like this is not a bad well, family. Clearly. They're not bad people. <laughs> and now I think, um, so my dad tried to, who, well, I guess Bacon, I, I refer to him is, uh, as Nygaard. All right? I have a hard time even saying. I, I consider, like I said, Billy Frank Jr. my dad. Yeah. I fired my dad. He was a fraud. Mm. Okay. Now I've learned that the relationship that we had was built on a foundation of lies. Mm. So I denounce it, renounce it. Um, you know, I, I just publicly did a thing for the Times of London that's going to come out pretty soon. But I renounced any inheritance that I might have mm. had um, potentially. That's crazy, and I renounce man. any, um, you know, ties to the name. I've dropped the name. Um, I will not carry on the name. I and uh, I said that you know he's not a father. He was a fraud, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm as far on the other side of him. And it really became he. He actually became my arch nemesis, like to the, like in a fatal like mortal mm-hmm. battle over the last eleven months. It was like a blood. It was for blood. Yeah. And and that's how it's gone down. So um, let's see here. What was the punchline? Uh, we were get? talking about uh, the neighbors. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I had a falling out with him about Bacon because the neighbor's name is Bacon. And who? He's a, he's a billionaire hedge fund guy. Yeah. Um, made made a fortune for himself um, and for other people and investing wisely. He's an environmentalist from everything I've read. And I really respect environmentalism. And um, basically Nygaard, I'll refer to him as Nygaard. Yeah. Um, Nygaard had, he's throw these parties at right. the house, which later come to find out were, were really not a good Thing. He was using it to target vulnerable people and do really effed up stuff. Right. And um, anyway, they would go on really long time and all hours of the night. And of course, the neighbor's not going to be real happy about that on a Sunday night. Yeah. And so certain things started to escalate. And before you know it, um, and then also not just about the party, but there was also he was, Nygaard was building up his like beach and, yeah. and illegally like pumping sand to different parts of the beach and building like little catches to catch the sand so that he could build, make his beach bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's, he's not allowed to do that. And I'm pretty sure it was sucking up the sand from Bacon's beach. Oh, wow. I and think it was terrible for the environment. Like um, yeah, the, it's not good it? for the environment. I don't think um, anytime that you have, big machine if you have a machine and an engine's running and stuff that's already not good but it's yeah. really like sucking sand and pumping it somewhere else so i mean uh, it's not like it's not like he's dumping toxic waste into the water but it's okay, but it's okay. not allowed right you're not supposed to do that and as you're building up the sand. so anyway the point is yeah. is that nigard had no regard for bacon and his family it was a sand drudge sure and <laughs> and so brand's got a technical term so um this this thing escalated with them and uh even to the point where bacon like and here's the stupid thing nygaard he could have had the party at the point 
like away, away from Bacon, but he, no, he picks the spot right next to Bacon's house and turns the speakers up as and, turn, as he and can. it's pumping the speakers up. It just has no regard, and um, and it escalates. Eventually, Bacon buys like military speakers and points them at like where my dad sleeps <laughs> or where Nygaard slept and is blasting them. You know, um, so it it was it, it was, was like it a was a pissing match. Well, it it just it was continuing to escalate, and the way that. Uh, Peter Nygaard liked to do things was he's like a bully and he wants to intimidate you he wants to pull his cards so he started to like pull some really nasty cards um, against Bacon yeah, I'm going to show you type of yeah thing. and just really low uh, and you know trying to there's a whole slew of stuff that it just got really ugly and so how did how did this affect you though well I, he was trying to get me to come, and he was always just going on and on about Bacon. I wasn't around him that much at yeah. this time, so we would interact a little bit. At this time, I was going around and really searching for scientists and, and traveling a lot, um, trying to put together like really bright minds in science to see if we could fast-track cures for things or solutions for people. You know, I've, I've had health things affect me my whole life in terms of like loved ones and stuff that you feel like wow if they're maybe if, if we had do more, something maybe if, if i had, could have done something maybe if we had advanced this a little bit more they would still be here or they wouldn't have suffered and so for me i like health and sciences and um anyway niger was trying to get me to go uh to the bahamas and like protest bacon on the streets or, or not on the streets but like on a beach or something and i was just like what are you like no drop it you yeah. know like if you really have this thing with bacon like why don't you guys have a fight of who can be the bigger environmentalist yeah and like let's focus on making nygaard key this this bright shining light of environmentalism oh, yeah sustainability you know? and he and he's like okay we can do that but uh no we still have to do this like you know, PR, like, because he wanted to discredit him. And what I found out later is that I think the thing that was really under his skin, under Nygaard's skin, was that he knew that Bacon um, was taking actions to empower voices of the women that were mm. abused by Nygaard to uh, go against him, and it scared the shit out of him. Yeah. And I think that now, looking back, I can tell that that because it was a, a like a huge paranoia almost an obsession of his to discredit bacon and 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 go after bacon and still to this day even now he's hanging on to this bacon conspiracy trying to say that all these women and what we found out is that it unraveled the thread right the of the situation to where you go holy shit this has been going on for over 50 years uh -huh. and it's not just a few women, it's probably thousands. Mm -hmm. and how, how many women have, have there's probably come over a hundred women right now that have actually like come forward with like a formal like complaint or filing, whether it's civil or criminal, it's probably over a hundred. Now take that statistic about six percent right that come forward and do the math and it's mind boggling. And you're talking about one of the most prolific rapists of the modern era. It's my wow. dad. It's Peter Nygaard, the guy I thought was like my dad. He's my biological dad. Yeah, he is. But it's, but, you know, so. Was. And as I realized that, because I realized dang. this back in like February or March, it just right. became all out like, 
and my best friend became the civil attorney that was leading the lawsuit. Him and I were communicating two, three times a day. I was making every phone call I could, talking to everybody, because just I had some knowledge of some of the people that were around. So around employees. around that time, like what what type of things started to transpire um, with that case? Like because it, he didn't get arrested till like September yeah, so or this, October, right? The, this is exactly what happened with the Epstein case is that the civil attorneys, because I, I got really educated. You guys yeah. know me. I like to geek out on stuff. For like sure. In 2017, 18, that was all about blockchain, yeah. you know, the stuff powering Go crypto and, and that stuff. And before that, it was like sciences and, you know, health yeah. sciences. Now it turned into um, like the judicial process and prosecuting sex crimes and justice, seeking justice for, and just diving into this world yeah. of, of, of this like me too plus more <laughs> situation. Yeah. And I got funny enough, uh, Jeremy is that I got really obsessed with Chris Hansen videos. Right. So I was always watching to catch a predator. Yeah. Um, but that's another, so we have a surprise basically yeah. that, uh, Chris Hansen, we think we're going to get on the, one of the next podcasts. Yeah. With us. I, we can, the... You know, that that's pretty cool but that's that's I guess at the end of the story but um, yeah uh, the civil case what the civil case so we're talking does, about February okay here get this okay, okay just get this all right so February a book comes out called the predator called King. the predator King and the other thing was you talked earlier about brothers and sisters mm-hmm. so Peter Nygaard's a master of deception Okay, he hides things. He keeps you on it. He's all smoke and mirrors. Oh, and, and the he's whole a very, thing. He's a very mysterious person, he's very, man. He's charismatic. He's a textbook narcissist. Yeah. Textbook yeah. malignant narcissist. Okay. Um, when you when you read about those types of people, they say, okay, uh, here's my advice. Run. That's what that's what the like yeah. therapists say when you when I looked it up on YouTube I'm like what is a malignant narcissist I think my dad might be one what's the event? run like, okay go uh, as fast as you can I guess I should run so. Um, so I, sometimes I wouldn't learn about a brother or a sister till they were like 10 years old Yeah. or like, and, and, and me, I was like, okay, well it's his life. If that's how he wants to do it, I'm just going to look at it positive and say, Hey, I got a new brother. I didn't know what a great surprise. Like that was, how can you, you know, I could either get mad or I could just try to be open-minded and accepting of it. Right. And, um, so which it also became kind of like you kind of weren't surprised anymore either. Well, yeah, you just know that he's an unusual, like it's just an unusual situation. Yes, absolutely. And you're just like, okay. I, I remember seeing, because there's some pictures of Peter Nygaard out on the internet, and I remember seeing like in the comments under them a lot of times would be like people being like, he's the most terrible person in the world. Right, not, like, good, not good comments. Yeah, like, um, yeah, all the time. People in the comment sections would be just just like dragging him yeah. through the mud, and it's like I was like, "Damn, man, that's pretty crazy." Like, must be a disgruntled former employee or something, right? Then, and I, I could understand that because being around employees, he's a jerk. Absolutely. So I could totally get that, and I would see that. And the thing is, is you get a lot of people that would say that. Here are the facts. Um, there was no rape accusation against him that I ever heard of or that was ever fu- filed publicly right. ever until I opened up the Predator King and saw that he'd been arrested for rape in 1980. 
Oh shit! And that's no before. Kidding. Huh? That was before you were. Born. Before I was yeah. born. Before he was yeah. born. So he'd already been arrested for rape. He didn't. He got arrested for rape, but he didn't actually get right. prosecuted for rape because the woman decided not to testify against him. Sure. And so, yeah, I which, reached out. Which I, probably started this. Oh, I can get away with shit. Well, now you have. Now it's coming out that you have people coming out from like the seventies, saying that they got raped by him. Yeah. And the company was like 55 years in business. So I think he's probably been raping since before since. the company started. Right. And, uh, but the point was is that for, whether it's for the paralysis community or any community, is that these predators show one thing and then they suppress the information uh, through different tactics of intimidation, mental abuse, threats, uh, physical abuse, you name it, there's this whole list of ways that they're able to suppress information. And um, well, especially with when people have access to certain type of power as well. Sure, I mean, they have more money and everything. And then, and then the other thing is, is like this rape thing. The story was, oh, that was some other business person that was trying to like screw him s- over, screw him over, and it's he was totally vindicated and blah blah blah. So it's not even. You know, that's kind of what the story was when I started poking yeah. around. Um, but anyway, these reveals of information, um, I saw something at a dinner party in, that I talk about on this documentary in, uh-huh. in detail. And when I confront, I, con- I immediately blew the whistle internally about it gotcha. to the right person uh, who actually is an enabler of his um, now that I realize. And uh, immediately I had certain things because uh, I was in good favor with him because I tried to keep a main positive relationship with him, but it was like at a distance. Yeah. Right. I didn't like hang out with him. Whoa. But if I got a phone call, I wasn't going to like be like F you. Um, so we had a, you know, about as positive as I could try to have it, but it was always turbulent. And, right. um, but I, ha- I had, you know, on paper, there were a lot of things that like if, if something were to happen to him or whatever, I was in a good position just by whatever you, uh, I'd been doing. Cause I'd been doing positive work uh, or finding ways to just add value in however I could, but I had my own life, my own career, my own thing. And, uh, but as soon as I blew the whistle, will we be, uh, you said this will be in the, it's um, going to be in yeah. the documentary called um, um, Unseemly. Do, do we need to uh, wait for that to hear what uh, happened, or it, is it just not prevalent I right mean, now? if you guys really want to hear it, I can tell you, but I could give you the really like quick... Well, we can cut notes. it out if it's if, if we want to later, but... but I'd oh, like no, to hear no, it. It, I can do anything I want right I'd now. I'd like to and hear it. it. Okay. It's, this is original content. I just okay. can't... I, this is riveting I stuff, I filmed... Myself do the interview for Unseemly, and I can't yeah. show that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So this is riveting stuff. All right. Well, like yeah, just know. give us a thumbnail sketch, and then and and so it's the the documentary is called Unseemly. Unseemly: The Investigation of Peter Nygaard. It's coming out on Discovery Plus. Chris Hansen ended up becoming is one of the executive producers, right. which I found out recently. I didn't know that before I actually did the on camera interview, and um, it's the same people that did the Aaron Hernandez story. Which was great, and yeah. it's, great. so it's going to be really great. It's good. four parts, 
and it's uh, four hours long, four episodes. When does it? And air? I'm pretty. The other little tidbit I can give you guys is I'm pretty sure I'm the I open the fourth episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I was told. And so what? When does this uh, documentary air? Do you have a? Date uh, I think yet? it's like mid February. Oh, mid-February. so it's coming up. Yeah. Good, because I don't want to wait. Yeah, I'm anxious to see it. I mean, not, I it's, not, and it's not a good thing. At so all, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. So tell. he, well, hold on. He and so he now after he's basically been accused of raping women for the last fifty years. Not just rape. It, and, like, when, let me just explain something. When when I when I uh, when I started discovering this stuff, right? So like, the Predator King came out. That obviously immediately, I'm 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 on the horn, you know, trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and you know, his advice to me is it's all lies, um, slanderish, whatever made up about him. Um, don't read anything. Don't look at anything. Don't engage with any of that stuff. Uh, support him. Um, I know him. I know who he is. He is not lying to me. He needs me. Oh. I'm his son. Like, I mean, you name it. Yeah. Like laying it all out Trying for me. Trying to be like, a manipulator. To get me to go out and go Vouch put myself yeah. out there. Throw and, you under the bus, essentially. And believe in him and cover for him in the innocence of a son for his, yeah. you know, father. For and this is, he's just beat. throwing me out there. And he knows damn well that he's full of shit yeah so it's a uh, uh when you also realize that kind of stuff you just like man this guy's just That's he's just, got no there are no boundaries it, it, it's hard to say this he knows no but bounds. the reality is it's like he's the lowest of the low yeah it's just so bad and there's these two different people i, I caught the fraudulent like like smoke and mirrors act huh. and uh the reality is is that there is this little evil dark hateful nasty selfish cruel disgusting perverted like monster that's Um, there so you knew that your dad was characterized as a playboy yeah well everyone Um, knew that yeah that was the persona he wanted that was to what he did on lifestyle search and famous Um, we did everything so where where was this incident that kind of like opened it up for me yeah that was like well this is different yeah i had so um so he has a core group of people that like i said they handle his like private life and and whatever and that are like really with him um that was never really me i i had the i caught the version of like let's play sports and have I, i think i know a couple of them yeah, you probably know a couple of the people that are going to come out and end up getting arrested, I hope. Yeah. And so um, I caught that other version. So on, I only saw him on those times, and I never tried to hang out for parties or any of the other stuff because I just, it wasn't, I don't, I never felt good about it. Never felt cool to no. me. It all, to, absolutely. You stayed whenever we went there. Like when things like that started to happen. Like, like a, a pamper party or we whatever. Would disappear. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd hang you out would for, say, I want to stay. If you would literally say, I don't want to be anywhere near this. And not just because um, you thought there was something going wrong. It just like didn't make you comfortable. Like you It knew, just wasn't my scene. It wasn't your scene, man. It's just what, I never felt good with it. I wanted to hang out with my own friends, do my own thing, yeah. and be away from it all. I had no desire or connection to be around him 
in his like private life of what he thinks Absolutely. is cool. And I was just thought it was just kind of gross. And but but obviously nobody was saying or hearing that there was anything illegal no. happening, right? So Absolutely if not. that would have happened, I'm the wrong mother. On the surface, it I'm, seemed very right. It's and. And so here's the thing. I don't like, want to say innocent, but like not illegal. It was debaucherous, but yes. it was supposed to be all transparent. Grown yeah, all grown up, the... consensual, whatever. Yeah. And um, uh, and I'm not here to judge people's lifestyles as long as they aren't hurting others. Yeah. And they're and then then fine, right? Like if you're not hurting anybody else, then you have the freedom to live what life you want. And so. Um. Yeah. So you were at you were at a party. I left. Um, I still had sort of a cordial relationship, and um, I see him every once in a while. And so I happened to be in LA. This was in May 2019, and I was in Venice. I was living in Venice Beach at the mm-hmm. time in my own place uh, with some roommates, some cool friends, and um. Uh, I he, I knew he was in town, and Jassar, my brother, was with me, and um, we're like, yeah, let's see about popping over for dinner, you know, let's just pop over, let's see the old man. We both didn't really like going to dinner. He just like the same routine of whatever. Yeah, he shows just, videos and just, like I don't know. It's all whatever. Show. It just wasn't really our thing, you know. But he's our dad, right? So we wanted to just go say hi. So I'm sitting at dinner. And he's got, um, he's got his girlfriend, one of his old girlfriends. She's living in my old, old, apartment. old apartment that I used to stay in. And um, she's got her daughter with her. And her daughter's like eight. Okay? Beautiful kid. Okay. And um, he's got the daughter sitting right next to him at dinner, which is like his like girlfriend chair. Yeah. Of like how he's like trying to usually that's his and he's a creature of routine yeah right so I'm already just kind of like that's this weird. is weird and right? he ain't like he ain't like the papa do you know well what I mean? he's like, kind of trying to act like the papa okay you know which you were probably like that's weird too well it just was just weird it was all okay weird. he's she's got the mom next to her so that's good okay um. But so he's, I'm watching him at dinner. I'm like eating dinner and I'm just, I, I'm watching, right? Other people are all having, there's 20 other people there. And I've heard this thing of like, oh, you should have known. Or when, when did you decide to stop looking away? And like, fool, you don't know like you don't what know. you're talking about. Like I'm the guy he doesn't want around because I am looking Yeah. and I'm the wrong motherfucker to like Which is why he do some you. shit. Yeah. Like I am, I'm the, I'm not that dude. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I'm paying attention and every, there's like 20 people and they're not. Okay. And I'm noticing things. I'm noticing that he's whispering, like going and like telling her little secrets at dinner. Right. Like putting his hand like close to her ear and going over. Oh, what's that? Yeah, just, right. Yeah. Okay. Like what? Yeah. So anyway, there's this dinner ends and there's this transition between poker. Yeah. Or like dinner to poker, where they like everyone gets up and like they shuffle around some seats and they create a little poker table and the people that want to play cards play cards and whatever. So everyone gets up, but I'm still watching him with her, right? So they he she her chair gets pushed back. Where he brings her over around to him, like to she was on his right side. He brings her around over to his left side, 
Like he's holding her? Kind of like with his arm around her waist, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, watching, and I see, like, his elbow, like, change and start, like, moving as if it looked to me. I couldn't see it, but it looked like his hand was, like, on her upper thigh or, like, and, like, rubbing. That's what it looked like to me. And as soon as I – but I couldn't see it. I couldn't tell. But your mind's already locked. But I was locked in. I was locked into thinking, like, wait a second, wait a second, wait, 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 what, what, right? And then – I immediately got this huge adrenaline rush. Oh shoot, I bet. And I um and you know me, like yeah. like like in those moments, like I'm not gonna back down. And um and so uh I go to the mom, I go, get her away from him, he's touching he's you know, he's feeling her up like get that. her yes. I said, get her away from him right now, like blah 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 and she's like, Oh, what really? And I'm like, Yes, and she so she goes, takes her away. And so I walk around over to him and he stands up. And he kind of looks at me, and he doesn't know that I just think I saw that, you know. And he starts to, like, think in his mind what he wants to tell me. Like, I don't know, he's going to say, like, oh, we should, uh, you know, some stupid business thing or something, right? And I'm looking at him, and at that moment, that it's like I could see him, but it was like all the walls crashing down. Yeah. It was like all was, I was looking at just, like, my heart's pounding, and I'm just like, holy shit, are you really like that guy? Like, is that yeah. you? Is this what I, did I just, you're this. And, and I realized that, yeah, he's probably trying to groom that girl if he hasn't already. And he's got no boundaries. And I've heard rumors of him in the past, but in some ways you're like, just like we said, Oh, well, blah, 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 blah. A little vindication. It's hard to prove people do things. Yeah. Right. And so, um, at that moment, then all those other things popping up. But that was the moment where I just thought, holy things shit. Really started like, to this change is, your this, that, like, that was like a mortal but, blow. And then other things started to probably replay over. Huh? That, that, but uh, what I did was my brother, I said, I, I, I left. I didn't stay any longer. Okay. And I, I went with uh, my brother walking out of the house. And I told him, I was just like, I think our dad is just a sick, sick, like, F-U-C-K. Like, yeah. like. And this is what I think happened just now. And him and I were just like, oh, my God. And I was getting ready to plan a party for my brother's birthday. And I just went in. The house is all shuffling. Everybody needs me to be on point, like doing all this stuff. And I was just lied up in the fetal position in the room in the dark. And I couldn't get up. And it was just this, like, deep realization for me. And I'm just saying to myself, like, my dad's a monster. Like, he's a sick Fuck, like he, this is him. And I'm like talking to myself through. So I immediately called his number one, like person that you're supposed to talk to. That's like his key. She seems so sweet. She's this lovely, like she has a beautiful family. You know, she's been our close family friend, all this stuff. Um, yeah. She's shocked by it, right? Oh my God, I'm shocked. Like this is terrible. And uh, she's going to contact him. She contacts him, tells me, hey, I, I talked to your your dad. I told him that you know, what you thought you saw or whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, Oh boy, here we go. Like, wait, I'm going to, I'm now I'm going to hear something about this. Okay. Okay. So I actually avoid, he, no, he starts reaching out to me, wants to talk to me. And uh, I actually avoided talking to him for two months. And uh, we, we started having this call and basically it just turned into this thing where it's like, yeah, so, so what's this thing, you know, that I hear about? He's saying to me, right? Like, wait, so so the thing at the dinner table, you know, you, I, you said I, I, 
I did. What is, what is that about? You know, and I'm like, hey, yeah, well, listen, um, this is what it appeared to me that blah blah blah. You know, so let's say, say, okay, so there's twenty people at the dinner table, and you see, think you see, but twenty people didn't see, like blah, nobody. Even. And then he starts getting into it, of like, you know, about how sick I must be to even okay. think that. Yeah. And what's wrong with my head? And my mom, you know, was something about my mom. And you know, I need to get my head checked. And what a sick, sick, like, person I am. And yeah. just, like, starts, like, gaslighting me on all Absolutely. this stuff. And I was just, like, on Absolutely. the phone just thinking to myself, God, this is so, like, effed up. Yeah. Like, this whole thing is just not at all right. And that's when the um, this whole world of... I love my dad or who I thought my dad was versus how could I be so um, really at, in a death match with someone and, and think of them as the lowest of the lows. And that's this is one of the ways I got there because yeah. I was really somebody that just had a lot of love for my parents and despite whatever crap they're they're a jerk or if they're whatever at, shortcomings. at the end of the day that's that was yeah i was just like you know i'll give you space you yeah. do you whatever but you know good luck to your staff but um anyway so so that so conversation ended that conversation ended um you know we weren't particularly close after that we didn't really talk very much and i was really in a state of trying to figure out like what to do from there and that that's when i actually started getting into the chris hansen videos because it's to catch a predator. And I started thinking about maybe setting up a sting. Trying to catch him in the To act. catch him or do something because I had nothing to go on. Yeah. The thing is, is that like here's the thing. He had, the only stuff that had come out against him was in 1996. There were some um, women that said that they were sexually harassed and it got settled out of court. Okay. That was like in 96. Yeah. There was a thing that came out by the CBC Which that not. that came out 10 years ago. Yeah. And he sued them. They were in. They're in a nasty legal dispute. But the, I saw the CBC thing, and that was mostly on that was business. Treatment, right? yeah, yeah, that was like you're an asshole. Yeah. Okay. And, just and a you're a total. Person, yeah. Peter Nygaard has no uh, answers to no one. I think is what it's called. Yeah. And 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 by the way, that's good journalism. They ended up in court. They got uh, dropped recently, and um, the journalist Timothy. You still can't. Um, so, uh, you still can't see that in the United I, States. You might be able to now. I don't know, but um, they did a good job now looking back because look, they were trying to expose him, but they weren't exposing him on the sex crimes part. Yeah, uh, I think that they did. There were some stories in there, but there wasn't like a formal accusation. Yeah. And that's why this thing gets so tricky. And so I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, to catch a predator, uh, what? To what am I gonna do here? And and, and 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 I'm also wondering, did I see what I thought I saw? Because yeah. I didn't actually you got see it. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, but I also didn't actually see his hand doing it. Gotcha. Everything in me told me that that's what was happening, but I didn't see it. it like, and what I, I was really, like behind the table or the chair. Yeah, exactly. Just like, and you what, just exactly. Your and mind what, was saying that's what yeah. he's doing under there. Right. And um, so that was my predicament. And when these pieces of information came out, then that's when you actually got a chance to like really 
hear what he's being accused of. Mm. And in a way, these things really were seeded because the neighbor, Bacon and him had that dispute and they had basically like a financial backer that was, I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I'm just saying that anytime that you're going to take legal action against another wealthy person, it's good to have a, a wealthy person that's willing to help you pay for your lawyers and stuff or whatever it might be that can assist or some organization. Yeah. You need to help because they prey, the predators prey on the vulnerable. Absolutely. The people that later we found out Nygaard would target, and this is the case for many predators, is he would try to find people with a history of abuse, try to find somebody who is very much impoverished, you know, the other, yeah, they, that way they would need him for certain things. Well, or he could suppress their voice and, yeah, and, and brutalize them. That's true. And there was something in him. It was twofold. Yeah, it was. A, that was his winning situation. It was the and formula. That's, and that's when that he worked would, for a very long time. That's when he would strike. So it's not like he would just rape everybody. Right. But what what got revealed was that he would target people and kind of like get them in a compromising situation do something to them, and then what are they going to do, right? He's kind of yeah, so he has a routine. Yeah, because he had regular relationships with... Right, that were around him all the time. Yeah. But later we find out that those women were like traffickers too because they're recruiting other women Brain, yeah. for him, and they think they're... It's just it's it's just like Epstein, right? Yeah. It's like people are, are creating... And, and what we go back to this is that... The Epstein case, because obviously you watch the Epstein documentary as you're going down the rabbit hole with this and trying to, you know, bring to justice your own Epstein that happens to be in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, the Epstein thing was a civil case sparked off That's right. the, uh, the situation, and then they had Podesta go in and give Epstein this crazy plea deal. That's right. And then the civil, this this was the key. And it was the New York times article that had brought all that to light. Right. And the key, the key, this was the, like the key thing in the whole situation was that the civil attorneys didn't just take it. They filed a counter suit to that saying that that was a power move that wasn't legal or allowed. And then that got put in front of a judge, and they won. Yeah. And then when they won, all of a sudden it opened up a whole nother situation. That's what led to him actually going down. And what happened with Nygaard is that the Predator King came out. That gave information, but that wouldn't have been enough. Uh-uh. Um, now, I think by this time the DOJ had already started, had already started an investigation into him because – <clears throat> a lot of things happened at once. Um, the civil attorneys filed a case officially, so that means they had to been working on this for probably years. Because they had accumulated enough. Yeah, and I think that Bacon probably supported them in some way, which now is heroic. Yeah. Because it's it's that truth is what we're after. Right. Yeah. And so... Um, so basically, they filed this thing, and it's public. I can read it, right? Okay. So um, I see it. Uh, I get the, the the marching orders from Nygaard to disregard it and look the other way and bury my head the in the book. sand and go and support him. And I say, nah, uh, sorry, that ain't happening. 
like uh, you're getting accused of rape, I'm going to read every detail and I'm going to yeah. ask questions and I'm going to figure what's going on. And uh, he didn't like that very much. Um, so our relationship was, you know, blowing up more and more of, but I, at that point I already kind of knew it was, it was over. Yeah. I, I, at that point didn't matter about any of that. And I just wanted to make sure I said what I needed to say to him. And also uh, just the other point was, was when I blew that whistle about that kid, they started to systematically remove me from any positions right. of like power that I had. So they, the whistleblowing, you know, I was getting the retaliation. It, it, it caused, it caused some waves and I don't like, and I don't care cause I don't, I'm not driven by the money part, but it's interesting that it's, it's just interesting. And it wasn't even a money thing. It was just more like it was validation, not even validation. It was like, um, if something would have happened to him, it would have been good that I was in positions of power of these like different companies and stuff. If I was trying to like do something with those companies and do business or whatever. And what they did is they, you know, punished me for basically speaking out against him, even internally mm. and started pulling that all from me. But I was like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. So that's fine. Um, now when we get into, the uh but it's just an example of how they do it right. right now we get into the february stuff and um predator king comes out civil suit comes out civil suit is um it's 10 cases i read them all every word mm. and it is f- fucking we, horrible okay okay it's like pedophilia like 14 year old girls um the, the the women that have filed civil suits were at the time underage and now they're i, I don't remember exactly the details the of are, all 10 but i know that at least some of them were, were underage oh, some of them were overage but their stories mm-hmm um, and when I heard their stories, I'm just like, it's like your worst nightmare. Mm. Like, you're like, oh God, like that's what he's doing, mm. you know? And so, um, and then it's the drugging, right? It's, it's this whole thing where basically he had this, he had this, uh, routine little scam going where he figured out that in the Bahamas, the jurisdiction there, uh, protected him quite a bit from rape charges yeah there was a lot i mean it goes so deep there we're talking politicians and all kinds of things so bahamas is not known as a place to go to for justice for sex crimes for one thing (laughs) yeah okay that's not their like thing that they're known to be good at for that's uh, an area that most people would say they could improve on um dramatic uh you know a lot and the other thing is, is that there's these rules, which now I think would be really important for us to take this energy and do something about these laws, yeah. but that there's these huge loopholes and right. uh, they're really jurisdiction loopholes. So I give you a scenario. Peter Nygaard is a Canadian. He's living in the Bahamas as a resident. Okay. So he doesn't have to pay taxes for his Canada right. stuff because he's a resident of the Bahamas. That's whatever fine that happens like we know that happens whatever people aren't up in arms about that but that's one thing the other thing is is that he's a canadian citizen so he convinces another canadian woman to fly down to the bahamas she goes down there 
says, hey, I thought you told me I was going to be a model, or I thought you said he will say anything. Sure. Okay, he'll say anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they go down there. He says, all right, well, um, now that you're here, uh, they, they, they basically like, grab their passport, you know. When they arrive. Right. And, uh, okay, check in. We hold your passport, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, now that you're here at the compound, like, at some point, uh, it becomes known to this person that he expects to have sex with them. Let's say they say no. Well, let's say he decides, which in a lot of cases it looks like, he says, all right, well, you say no, well, I'm just going to do it anyway, and you're not going to overpower me. I'm 230-pound Viking guy, <laughs> like, blessed with powerful, you know, DNA. Thank you. He's he's built, you yeah. know, like he's, he's a strong. Like, yeah, he's tall. He's yeah, he's got all those things. And um, so he rapes somebody, right? Okay. Now they, they send her off, whatever. He gives her some money, uh, you know. They send a send her off uh, to the airport when it's time for them to go. They get her ticket. Where she goes to the airport, she's petrified, right? Gets on the plane, goes back to Canada. Then let's say she says, "You know what? I just got raped. I'm Bombs. gonna file a criminal charge." Yeah. She calls up Canadian police, says, "Hey, I just got raped by Peter Nygaard. It's Canadian, you know where?" Um, and they say, "Where did it happen?" They say, "She says Bahamas." They say, sorry, you can't do anything about it. You can't Dude. file. You can't do anything. We, You have to go to Bahamas and file it. Mm, so basically, if you want to get away with rape right now, you just go on spring break or whatever, rape away, and then get back home Before. and don't go back there and you're good. Yeah. That's all you could just go around to different countries or whatever. Anyway, that's the situation in Bahamas. So his routine was bring people in from USA or Canada Get them to the Bahamas. They're either going to have sex willingly or not willingly. Get them back home, and it's over. There's no, there's no rape. And by the way, I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to threaten you. I'm going to say I'm going to do. You know, who knows, yeah. right? But they all say horrible things that he. Well, because also we're talking about, like you said, the the stereotypical person's not going to have their, like you said, they're told maybe oh, I'm going to get a modeling job. They're First, maybe thinking about their career. Like, how am I going to get forward? Next, I go there. I don't have any money, right? I was flown here on someone else's dime. How do I leave? Of course, that's on their dime. Yeah. That you go there, your passport's been taken. You're you're right, man. You're basically captured. Yeah, and, and, and then imagine he made a trip to Brazil, right? He ran around Brazil for a few weeks. Yeah. What did he do? I mean... And then uh, they have video of him on the beach now that just came up like a month ago saying like, oh, ask her. They're walking around the beach being these disgusting old men and, and he's got an interpreter and, and he, they go and leer over two girls in a bikini laying down on the beach and these old gross men are staring at him. And then the interpreter asks them how old they are and one says 18 and the other says 14. And then Nygaard's on camera because he's walking around with a super camera crew everywhere because he thinks he's you know it's the ego thing and uh and then he goes uh, oh good you're you're illegal and then he goes to the other one's 14 goes quick lie about your age and it's just like (sighs) you know i mean that video came out uh two weeks ago right after he got arrested but the thing is is everybody every everything's everything's suppressed until 
and the floodgates flood open. Yeah. And then, and so his whole thing to me was like, I have no skeletons in my closet. I have no skeleton. I'm a choir boy. They've been trying to get me forever, you know, but I don't, I never would ever do anything, you know, because I, that was his, that was the, his conversation to me. And so as I start looking, I wrote him back. I'm like, you're right, dad. You don't have a skeleton in your closet. You've got a full fledged graveyard. Like yeah. this is like, this is, you know, it's a boneyard. But that's the narcissist in him. Yeah, but so I really, so he was doing this jurisdiction loophole thing. Yeah. And then the other thing was once I started talking to the police, right? I'm talking to the Canadian uh, lead detective. I got all these people's numbers. I'm connecting them. I mean, I'm connect. I'm, I'm working my th- my deal, like full time, full on catalyst, like pushing every envelope I know how to do. And so I'm talking to these guys and everybody, and I realized that, okay, for one thing, many of these cases are not going to be able to be filed criminally because the only thing to me that mattered was the criminal filing because he has to be stopped. It didn't matter about the civil because he wasn't going to – he was money. just going to – I knew he was going to leave. Yeah. There's no way he's going to stick around for a civil suit to play out. He's going to put everything offshore and he's going to leave. Yeah. So the only thing that mattered – to me was what is being criminally uh, filed against him. So when these things start happening in February, the other thing that happened was the DOJ raided his Marina compound and his New York compound. So you knew that there was an ongoing criminal Criminal investigation. investigation, So that probably had already been going on for some time. Um, So once I figured that part out and the, part about the civil suit and you start making phone calls and uh, I went to the civil attorneys um, they actually contacted my brother who then put us in contact which was really was cool yeah and, and you, know, I, you can if when you see the documentary you can find out more about that situation I don't know too. how much they're going to show you know the documentary is only going to show what it shows like we're gotcha. actually getting a lot more in depth right now on this podcast okay because um, the documentary is kind of taking all yeah, these stories all and trying the to pile it into a, an episodes. hour um, so yeah, we could be here a long time, so I'll try to just wrap it up. But yeah. but basically, um, yeah, you start talking to the DOJ. Uh, I got, I got, I just started getting in contact with whoever I could and um, telling them everything that I thought could be helpful. helpful. And also, when I would talk to other people and getting them to feel comfortable. Hey, do you have a story? Yeah. What is your story? Will you be willing to tell your story to somebody that like? You know, there were some times you talked to people and um, they hadn't come forward yet. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, you know, there's, a, I think I played a part in at least 10 filings. No, but by the time the whole thing was done. And, but there was, there were things that happened where like there was this, when I finally came public and did my flight risk um, story right, right. in September that went out on the CBC, I know at least two or three people filed because of that. But um, I heard later that because they saw that, they filed criminally. And so Be- when was he finally arrested? Uh, December 15th. And so the point of this story, I guess, was that from February until December 15th, it's been this situation where behind the scenes you have a, a different people scrambling, doing everything they can to get the criminal charges filed and just because somebody 
fi- even files, like everything just takes time. Yeah. So basically, when I started digging around in Canada, I don't even know how much of a criminal investigation there were. Like by the time we got to like February, I don't even know if they were really doing much of a criminal investigation or what was going on. I know by, by the time we got to the summertime, you know, I mean, I not trying to whatever, but like you know, I'm connecting their detectives to the lead detective. Like they were getting clued in, right? And, and getting people to get things filed. So they were scrambling. Like Canada has been scrambling. Canada hasn't actually laid any charges. charges. So I don't even yeah. know if I can even really, I'm not even really supposed to be talking about anything to They're, do with they Canada. They may be investigating though. Uh, let me just say that, like, I would be shocked if at this point he gets sent back to the USA before Canada at least lays Lay something. Some but it, everything takes time. Yeah. And um, you might have to edit that part out, Jeremy, because I'm not really supposed to ever talk about any like on like live best anything that has to do with anything that actually ongoing mean, that means something. Like I can't like be on here and reveal that. Hey, Canada. Like I can't say that. So that's why I've had to be quiet about a lot of stuff but the problem the big problem from february until now is that the way that the rules are is not only do you have to have the right jurisdiction so you have to have somebody that got raped in canada or they could also usa and canada have a treaty so you can go back and forth there but if it was bahamas it doesn't count and then there's um, there's these different rules, but basically, if you have the right conditions, then you could file criminally. But even then, it's going to take a certain amount of time before they have to, and then before they're actually going to make an arrest. But in the meantime, you're allowed to leave. So if you're right. under a criminal investigation, you can leave. Yeah, you haven't been charged with anything. So Canada couldn't stop him. I don't know if the DOJ had something. Um, that was my big concern yeah, that I voiced said. a yeah. lot, but um, and I did publicly in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, that was the big concern was that I knew this guy was going to leave. And the imagine, imagine him off in some foreign country right now. With no extradition. And he's got... He's DOJ can't touch him. Yeah. He's got 10, 20, 30 million. Yeah. And he's just chilling at some, you know, five bedroom Airbnb on the coast, bringing in young minor prostitutes and still doing, kids. And still doing the same thing. People, and, right. and, and it's only going to get worse. Could you imagine as you get older? Yeah. You're just going to get more and more depraved. He was already just like, he's he's just. And so for me, it just became this thing of like, that was the outcome that couldn't happen. Yeah. Right. So I right. just I I couldn't stop. I was obsessed with just him, but I had to be quiet. Yeah. And so that was the hard part was if if were you talking to him at any point? Uh, during yeah, this? because I was trying I, to maybe I, keep tabs on him. It a was little, you know our conversations, our texts. It was like a. a <sighs> I don't know if you could really read it and say it like, this being... makes a whole lot of sense because like we're so many emotions and things were coming out and there was like almost like psychological warfare going on like yeah. this cat and mouse game and then yeah. at the same time I'm reading like the art of war and it's saying that was like my thing I would read every night's the art of war <laughs> and 
because I'm pretty serious about it. Like it was it was arch nemesis, and um, and basically uh, basically. Um, so you were speaking with him though. Yeah, I was I was speaking with him, and Art of War was saying friends close, enemies closer. And I was like, well, as long as he's talking to me, I can get some information about what he's thinking, where he's playing. And then I'm trying to send him texts where I'm like, oh, it's so good that, um, you know, all the civil stuff will wash over. And you're so good that you have Canada. You can just be there and yeah. be safe. Just and, trying to make sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to do what I, what I can. But at, by the time, but, but then I found out, uh, my brothers come forward in the summer. I've got a big family, right? So I've got like nine siblings. Two of my brothers come out. Uh, it was actually one of the younger ones that said, hey, like something happened to me. Yeah. And it was like some uh, this chick that's over 40 went and seduced him, and he's 14. And she did it at the direction of Nygaard yeah. and, um, and took his Virginia or whatever, um, which he never – he it's – it's like traumatized, traumatized him. Yeah. It's not like good. No. And then no. he tells uh, my brother the story, and it's the same, same thing. thing that happened to my brother, which I hadn't even really been that clued into. I, I mean, I kind of knew it kind of happened, but I didn't really know the details. But the but it was just something that just kind of it, it, it didn't get it didn't brought click, up. Man, and yeah. it, but but get this, it was with the same woman fifteen no years earlier. So two brothers got. By the same, he had the same person, and it was 15 years apart. So the first time, one of the brothers was 15, and she was like mid 20s, and then the younger brother comes up and reveals to us, and then they tell me, right? Because I'm the older brother, or whatever, and then I'm like, let's fucking file a civil suit and a criminal yeah. suit. Like let's let's do do it all. I was actually going to be on that civil suit, but I didn't at the last second as his guardian because I didn't want to reveal to my dad that I was like so far and deep against yeah. him. So, um, but that got filed in like August, which, which sent off a huge, cause we had to keep the pressure on publicly because that is what put a message out to all the other people that, that there was too. some safety in like call and report your story yeah. because we had to get more criminal um, cases filed. That was it. Was like the civil was the front with, and with for the, the criminal um, actions, but because because a lot of the civil stuff again you can't charge criminally because it was off of jurisdiction. Okay, like that's the thing. It wasn't in the United States. So for every well, some of them were like in in, in the whole thing on Nygaard's defense now is he's like the civil. Blah, blah, blah. You know, 95% of them weren't even in the jurisdiction of New York. So you can't, you know, and I think it was uh, 18 Canadians or 11 Canadians. But now it's like it, last time it got filed was 57. Now I think it's over 85 or something behind the scenes. Wow. Um, and then on the criminal thing, it's, uh, you know, you got nine counts from the DOJ, including racketeering. Which the other thing that was happening was this whole business thing. Because remember, I said I was like, he started removing me from positions yeah. of power. Well, I yeah. started fighting back. Yeah. Like we started fighting back. We were able to stop. Like certain, he was trying to take out hard money loans against these like assets. So basically, create a distressed asset so that if like if he owned a building or the company that I used to be have some power in owned a building, then he's trying to take out a loan against it and move that money offshore. So that if 
like so, civil attorney or other lawsuits come and they say, hey, that building's mine. I got no. Okay, that's great, but that building's $10 million in debt. Yeah. So that was his whole deal. We were able to stop two of those, which was like over like $12 million worth of crap. I knew There's a behind, lot of real estate. I knew that behind the scenes that he was actively looking or trying to liquidate assets. Right to move it offshore the enablers so you knew you could just see that i could see he every, was gonna flee i was in the full trenches yeah like in war on all fronts and it was like the culmination of my entire life like coming down to like every month was it was intense like if you were to ask you know my partner jordan is with me you know there like it was i'm eight hours a day deep yeah. on nygaard every day like for the last 11 months easily well, well this is all uh this is all riveting stuff man and uh really this is. is uh this is hard to uh comprehend it's from cra- it's crazy from uh and fathom but it's it's cool that you'll come on here and share your story with yeah us. look man yeah. this is our thing right it's like of course we're on on here because this is our foundation and at the live to walk again foundation we we've we bring all kinds of, of stories and we bring all types of guests and we have we have a lot a lot a lot of things to share and uh i think this is one of those ones that's going to go down as you got it you got to hear it yeah it's a must listen um you know so where we stand now peter nygaard is currently in prison yeah in, yeah in canada waiting yeah. extradition is that right yeah um yeah so he's incarcerated, thankfully, thank God. Um, I think and so that, they're trying to extradite him back to New York to face charges. Oh and, yeah, yeah. They're gonna send him. They're gonna. They're sending him to the same place they got Gilan Maxwell. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, oh, this man. is gonna be. Uh, I uh, I do notice that is it is it Prince, and is it Andrew? Is that yeah? They were they were not close friends, but they are acquaintances. No. Um, I think I don't know any details about how deep the relationship went, but I just know that I think Andrew might have visited and did a, took a tour of the property, yeah. but that's not that's that not, unusual because the property was a property that everyone came in. It, it's took honestly, a tour. it's honestly because of uh, this story that we're talking about right now that I, when I hear a lot of the conspiracy theories about. Um, Jeffrey Epstein and like they're like oh Pharrell went there and I'm like yeah hell of people went there yeah do I you mean, know what I mean like right uh, <laughs> there's the the and unfortunately it, just because you took a picture with someone doesn't mean that you're buddy buddy with them yeah. like I had a right. there's a picture that um, Willie showed me of uh, graduation where Nygaard came down and there's a picture of you know, Billy was like always there for me. He's like my dad, right? Yeah. And then my other dad comes down, and like there's a picture of us all, all together. Of, all of you guys. And I'm like, Willie, we can never show this picture. Yeah. Because just the fact that like Billy didn't know, you know, know. but like I don't even want to put it out there that That's right, not fair. that they're even in the same, you know, because because then you, when you look at it visually, you go like just like right now, there's pictures of of me out there you know, hugging him or he's hugging me or whatever. We're standing next to each other. But that's like every time you see a picture of him and me together, we're in a tuxedo because it's like 
Oh, it's strictly event, business. It's an event that happened at a business thing, and of yeah. course you're going to go take a picture next to your dad, right? Like, right, right. I mean, all, like, all the family. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone's going to have a picture anyway. So, um, but that, I'm don't read saying, too far into pictures, you know, because there's always a deeper story. Um, the question, especially is, when you have a, a place like, like you had or your dad had, um, that was, um, oftentimes just. It was I mean, a destination. There, it was a destination. I mean, there was parties was worth, there with hundreds it was worth of visiting. thousands of people. Yeah, it was worth. I gave a lot of tours, and they were in. It's worth coming down and taking a 20, 30 minute tour and touring a VIP or something. Of course, that's normal. Um, so punchline, because I know we got to wrap up, is that um, yeah, he's incarcerated. Um, the The situation with him and me, it went from. February, May, April, where a lot of things happened, where I got knowledge that isn't even in the civil suit or in these reports that I know because mm. of me digging around and just whatever, that this dude's a criminal and he's guilty. Mm-hmm. And and then we get into the summertime. We have warfare, all-out war going on. The whole thing, I just didn't see how in the heck he would stay all summer in Canada, I didn't understand it, but I understood he had his late cottage and I could just see him just feeling like, but I think he's gotten away with stuff for so long. He didn't think that he could get touched Yeah, and he's a bit delusional and the COVID thing actually kind of helped because I think it made it a little less enticing to travel. Sure. And, uh, and then, you know, my brothers, that thing happened when that dropped, we did that because, Every like month or two, you wanted something to hit again in the press so that you keep the pressure on and get more people to file criminally mm-hmm. to come forward behind the scenes. So when they came out, that was international news. It came out on like 15 different yeah. uh, things, and, and my name was going to be on it. You know, Michael Rappaport even commented on it, right? In his yeah, podcast. I mean, we're Your talking. Dad was the uh, sick fuck of the week <clears throat> on the Michael Rappaport podcast. Good. Uh, well, yeah. we're talking New York Times and like Vox and all of it, yeah. all of it, all of it. So um, CNN, all that stuff. So, um, and then. Uh, that happens in August. Uh, by the time we got to September, I was convinced that he was not. I thought for sure he's leaving second week of September and taking off. Because why would you go and spend fall, winter in Winnipeg? When you got with, all this. And, and you know there's an ongoing investigation. By the way, the DOJ stayed the civil case sometime around, I think, October or November. But um, that means they told them to stand down because we're stepping in. Gotcha. which. But, um, yeah, so by the time we got to September, that's when I did my thing where I I came out on the CBC, and that was my reveal to Nygaard that I'm completely against him. And that was calling him out as a flight risk and saying that. But in a way, I don't know. I know a few more people came forward and filed, but I also kind of revealed to him that, in a way, like, I don't know if that helped or not, <laughs> but what we really found out was that there's this huge legal loophole that he could leave and they couldn't stop him. Right. So it was kind of like, okay. Well, it's good that you were able to shine a light on that. Well, I shined too, a light yeah. on him, but he still, I think, He's, had the opportunity to leave. Yeah. That was the problem was like, okay, yeah, here's a problem. But now that I'm putting all this like flashlight, like waving the flag, it can, is this even going to matter? Because if he would have took off. That was it. And then I would have been like, well, great. Uh, I guess I told you so. Or maybe I shouldn't have even done this because yeah. maybe that spooked him. So if, there was a lot of elements that was hard to try to figure out. But obviously, 
when that happened, all communication with Nygaard and any anybody that anything stopped, and they all knew I was, you know, the yeah, anti yeah. whatever. And then, um, yeah, we get to like October, November. I think that's when the DOJ stayed the case, and but we still don't know. And then we get to December and find out that um, they arrested him, mm. and that was a huge day. I did a couple of interviews that day. I probably. Probably regret doing those interviews. So he's uh, <laughs> he's okay. in um, he's in a in a. So they put him in this place called the Remand Center in Winnipeg, which is it's kind of like a transition um, place. But the funny thing about him is that um, this is somebody who like has, what's th- this is somebody that has to have a cell phone in his hands at all times, has to be surrounded by women, yeah, has to um, have like gourmet, wonderful food and delicious, nutritious drinks served yeah. to him. Um, who's living in the ultimate luxury. Everything's on his schedule. Everything is like his way, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He's, yes. And he's been completely pampered as well. And now he's in the remand That's center. That's what I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah, and so my brother and I, you know, I, I started to feel a lot of anxiety after coming out and doing those interviews because um, all of a sudden I kind of threw my name into the hat. Um, we talked about the name change thing, Jeremy. That happened in October where I officially went and legally changed my name. Yeah. I'd been calling myself Kai Bickle, my mom's last name, for a for, while. For a while. It, it, it had already been like a year or two. I changed my Facebook. I changed my IG like back after that stuff happened in right. May. Right? That's right. So that's when I really started changing that stuff, and I was already like over it. Um, but I officially changed my name from Kai Bickle Nygaard legally in the court thing. Um, where I dropped Nygaard and I put Bickle, my mom's last name, as my last name, and then I had to pick a new middle name, and I went with Zen because I just think it's kind of cool. I always want to be able to say I had a, like a cool middle name, yeah. and then also Kai Zen together is uh, about that incremental self improvement kind of thing. So I like Kai Zen Bickle makes me feel good, makes me happy. Okay, great. So then we went on to um, November, December. He gets arrested. He's in the remand center. So <clears throat> it's not easy there. Uh, he basically has a little cot. Um, it's very plasticky and um, artificial, artificial light, um, not comfortable. He's in isolation, so he has no phone. He's yeah. got no TV. This is someone that needs to sleep with the TV on. Um, he gets three meals a day that are just like, this is, I guess not, you know, what he's used to. The, like, this is the, the very tip. So like reaching the very tippy tippy top of he had every ultimate luxury. He had his own plane. He had a seven twenty seven super jet. jet. He had uh, this incredible houses and properties all over the world. Completely pampered, crazy yacht, Chefs, like the whole yachts. thing. Every everything, and, and, he, and he is the king. He orders everyone around. Everyone's on his thing. Now he's reaped what is, he has sowed. Yeah. Okay. Now the chickens have come home to roost. He didn't get away. I, I'm very grateful for the DOJ to conduct such a dynamic investigation. They were really on point. And then they also stopped. They got him. You know, thank you, guys. Fuck yeah. yeah. You know, like you stopped yeah. him from getting away. Thank you. Because it wouldn't have happened in Canada. Because Canada still, I don't know. It's just, it's harder. I'm not here to point fingers at people and stuff. But I just... I, I don't know it, when it Canada go- was going to step in. It had in. been going on there for years. Well, I don't know. I heard now later that there were things that got, you know, I've heard things. Like, yeah. I've had, along this way, I've heard stuff about times where he could have been stopped. Either where somebody filed something and nothing ever happened, or some family, uh, someone who had been a survivor yeah. of a rape by his, 
showed up at their house and they sent her home to Canada and they were in the Bahamas and they're a big, powerful family. And this happened in the late eighties, you know? And I'm like, wow. well, it's really nice that you sent them home and it's and all that. But like, why didn't you do something? Your family could yeah. have stopped this, but yeah. I'm not, it's hard to say all that stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, at the, at the end of the day, um, it's been stopped it, uh, for now. He's been stopped. Okay. Yes. Here's the deal right now. He's trying to get bail. Yeah. Okay. There's a bail hearing um, that's coming up on the 19th and the 20th of this month of January. Um, so he got arrested on the 15th. He went to the remand center um, in Winnipeg. And then um, uh, he's there. Um, he's by himself. He hates being by himself. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's just alone by himself. In a, in a room for twenty three hours and forty five minutes a day. I think he gets fifteen minutes. He has to clean his own crapper every day. The guards come in, make him clean his toilet. Um, you know, <laughs> this whole deal. And then uh, he goes and he has a <clears throat> a bail hearing that happened uh, the other day, and his team. Oh, he had one. Yeah, but what ended up happening was he he uh, submitted his affidavit of why he thinks he should get bail, right? And so he's like, um, he puts out there and he says, I'm on this anti-aging program. I take stem cells. I don't eat sugar. I don't know these things. I've got eaten this prison food. It's all sugar and white carbs. And like I'm gonna throw up, and like I'm gonna die. I can't live like this. And um, I, he has a doctor note saying I'm on all these different uh, medications, and I've got diabetes, and I've got you know all this stuff, right? That he's he's putting out there, and he's basically trying to get it so that he's saying he's prime candidate for a COVID death, and is uh, uh, he can't he can't breathe he can't sleep because he's he has to sleep at a 45 degree angle he can't do that in in prison in the his room that they have him in there um so on and so forth and then he's like putting pictures of him and celebrities and politicians up in in in, in the affidavit like as part of his like thing like see i'm friends with this former president who's dead now uh, I'm an important guy, like yeah. this stuff. And but what he doesn't realize is then reporters report on that and say, "Yeah, he had a, a picture with him and this celebrity." I'm like, he had a 30 minute dinner with that celebrity yeah. one time because yeah. they came by because a friend of theirs was, was talking like, about this place like out. A, uh, It was no, it was like in L.A. and it was about science trying to help somebody's dad with yeah. some stem cells or something and. And now he's got that they person. Have no idea who this guy and, is. Yeah, and like, now that person, he's putting them out and saying, "Oh yeah, look, I'm friends with this." You know, whatever. Yeah. But it's just so stupid. And then they have a guy vouching for him, who is a, a two-time felon, like cocaine possession with the intent to traffic. And the guy said, "I met Nygaard in 2017 playing poker, and he gave me a second chance, and I'm willing to put." two of my houses down as collateral for his bail and their value is 300 grand. 
And then there's some other guy, his this dude Greg Fenske, who's been like his little alter ego in business. And like Fenske and Nygaard, they're like always the same person. And they're like the house that got bought that he got caught in and everything. Like Fenske had bought it. And this kind of they're, they, they're the like two of a, they're like yeah. every they're in it to win it together. So Fenske's like, yeah, I'll vouch for him. He can stay in the house that this company bought that where he got arrested, and I'll 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 look after him and. Um, if we need to sell the house, we can or whatever. But they, at the end of the day, though, they denied bail, right? Well, what the judge said, the prosecution said, hey, listen. Um, He's a flight risk. Well, yeah, because they everything that I said in my thing in September is exactly what they said. I mean, they have him on record as like scoping out Bermuda and um, some other offshore uh, places where com- he could get yeah, away. Place and. Uh, and that he was looking at phony passports and, um, you know, chartering a flight and the whole thing. And so that was happening. And um, and the DOJ, when they put the charges on him, they put racketeering. So that's their – they have the violent criminal um, prosecutor as well as, like, the organized crime prosecutor, yeah. like a RICO, like, mafia case. Yeah. Wow. So, like these executives, his executives, you find out later, the exec, a lot of the executives and people that work for him, they like either covered up a rape or yeah. did something, and they're all got dirt, right? Man. Like all the people that were like in his inner people that you thought were, you know, somewhat of a whatever, a, a legitimate, you know, yeah, human in some way, they all have some dirty little secret with him, Man. and these uh, people, I keep telling, like, I keep hoping that, um just survivors call the F- FBI, the DOJ line, which is 1-800-CALL-FBI in reference to Nygaard case, but, um, or the civil attorney, Greg Gutzler, um, or, you know, proper authority that will work, but any survivors that know of enablers that covered up stuff that you went to them and you should, that's what I want to yeah. know now because, yeah. and, um, I think that's kind of the key now is to figure out like how far the, yeah. yeah, Who was helping him? Who knew? Because some people look at me and they go, Oh, of course, you know, his son must've knew whatever, or or look the other way or something like that. But they don't understand that. No, like, (laughs) like I'm the dude you don't want around because I will look (laughs) (laughs) not only that, I will, I will like this pedophilia shit is not even, in the ballpark of conversation. So they, any, anyway, usually they give you like two, like a half hour for a bail hearing. They pushed it back and they're going to give him two days for the, for the bail hearing. Yeah. And that's happening on the 19th and the 20th of this month. So all the day of this, it's going to be to people. I think it's good. I think the prosecution said that they want to say their part and that it's going to be, um, full on. I think it's going to be a media circus. Yeah. But so far what's happened with this situation is that the people that he's put up as character witnesses are like fugitives. Right. And and Fenske, the guy that he had vouching for him earlier, this was the big thing was that the other crazy thing that happened was when the FBI seized uh, or raided the houses and stuff in February that caused, um, 
this this group that had loaned the Nygaard companies 25 million to say, hey, no confidence, we want our money back. Yeah. And Nygaard and them, they, don't, um, they, they, they don't didn't have, it. have the money. They didn't have it. And so yeah. what happened was the companies went into receivership. So his companies, which have the big servers and everything, because he was doing stuff through the fashion companies and running everything through his company, promising modeling go- jobs and stuff. Yeah. The, that got taken over by another group. And that was the other critical component of this whole situation. Like, if it wasn't this like perfect storm, I don't know if we if he would have ended up getting justice. But the day before the company got taken over by another group, this Fensky guy goes in there and deletes all these files oh, against a court order because the court had said don't delete any files, especially anything relating to trafficking and or then, sex so and when stuff. They, and when they raided and took all the servers, they could see if someone was in well, there. Well, the DOJ raided and took went into the, the USA stuff, but all the servers were in Canada. So basically, they didn't get to the Canada stuff, but the receiver took over, and they took over this, the, the stuff in Canada. Gotcha. And the day before the receiver took over, Fensky went in mm-hmm. and deleted files yeah. against what they're supposed to do. So the two people that Nygaard has as character witnesses are, are like a couple of employees that are like recent people. And then he's got Fensky and he's got the, next drug the other dude who whatever was like a former like Hales, Hells Angel guy or something. I don't know. All right. I, <laughs> oh my God, I, I don't even know what the deal is. is. I hadn't even met these people before, but this is all coming out now. Um, and... Well, this is good, man. I mean, we're gonna definitely, uh, yeah, we're 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 deep in this now, but yeah, we we pretty gonna, much covered we're it. We're gonna Jeremy, come back. Right we're gonna come back though once the trial well, uh, is done. Well, you know, there's the the crazy punchline for what we should really do next for Walk Again is that when I found out about the documentary that Chris Hansen was actually the executive producer and that he had a part in. This this documentary and even some of the other stuff going on wow. somehow, and this is somebody that I already was like kind of idolizing because I was like watching the Chris Hansen yeah, stuff yeah. Him bring down and wondering how to apply it. Little did I know that he had his hand tinkering in this situation in in a way. Yeah. And um, anyway, the the people on this documentary that's going to be this major documentary. It's going to come out. I'm going to be a part of this true crimes story of discovery plus has this like collection of true crimes documented and i'm you know the son of one of the craziest nastiest mm. things this uh, uh well, i just no go ahead so the, the last moment of this is that um i reached out to her and asked her if we could get chris hansen to come on the podcast and talk about specifically for the paralysis community how we can help um, folks okay. who are being uh, abused abused, or help them not be abused. Um, I've learned a lot through this process. Uh, there's also an app I want to plug called Not Me. And so instead of Me Too, it's called Not Me. And it's an app that allows you to basically like report stuff mm-hmm. in a way that is a, um, like could be anonymous and goes to the right people, which is something that we don't have enough of mm. like a way to be able to have your voice be heard. Cause that's been one of the big problems, but that would probably help in the paralysis community if you had that app. But, um, Chris Hansen agreed to come on the podcast. So we're going to do a podcast yeah, and nice. I've never talked to him before. So and like, awesome, he's man. never talked to me. 
but he knows that I was on this documentary vouching for the survivors and sharing my truth and standing up for the, like, he's like, I'm down with Kai, whatever. Thank God. Cool. I'm down with Chris Hansen. And uh, we're going to have him on here. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be the next episode. I don't know. You heard it here first, man. We're going to have Chris Hansen. It's cool, man, that um, we are able to get a glimpse into a world that most people um, couldn't even imagine. Well, you have it. You've been there I have to more say, as my friend coming with me on trips, and you know from my experience and your experience, like what it was like. I and can't it, explain the words. There are no words. Um, I'm not able to really ever describe the things that you know have happened in my lifetime with that whole situation um, of just being able to witness it. Because I don't like you, man. We don't really come from there, even though I know you were born there. Yeah. It's like we got controlled environments. Like when you would go with me on these trips, those are like family. Absolutely. Time. It's like itinerary. What, what happened? And, yeah. What happened with Nygard was was like all the time that he got to go off around by himself. Yeah. And he'd go with his dirty little friends and have his dirty little friends come over and do their little weird little whatever. Well, no, and that's, but, that's when he got it. Did the dirt. What, what I'm saying is, is. Uh, for sharing the story and giving us a glimpse into how you know this all unfolded for you um and just you know we just happen to be here and know you and yeah that's just how well, we all know each other like you guys know me and this is all you can verify like Absolutely. this is all we're all we all know this is true so what this is jeremy is that there's going to be a thing coming out on the cbc where i did a i did my i kind of like I didn't talk this much in depth. I don't know how long we went. Maybe we went an hour, half, or two hours. I don't know. But before we went um, on the CBC, I, I, I talked. They're going to edit that down to probably like 15 minutes. This thing that I did on the other thing is going to be, you know, whatever. It's going to be other people's stories and stuff. This, what, what just happened right now, this, this hasn't come out yet. This is right? all exclusive. So this is exclusive like content. This right is, you know, and we can tag the Nygaard stuff because right right now there is stuff coming out, whether it's with me or with him. And uh, and so there is like a buzz going on. And like yeah. I've had this little identity crisis going on because I'm like, God, do I want my new name? Do I blah, 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 blah. But I look down at, at Google search and if I type in my name, all I see is his ugly mug. Yeah. And I see these, you, you know, it, it, rape. Listen, you know? man, it's, it's like, uh, it's, you, you're not responsible for other people's actions, man. And um, none of us are. Um, it's not your fault. And yeah, but, you can be, you can stand proud, man, in the way that, you know, you handled this situation. Uh, it, I know it probably hasn't. In fact, I know it's just not easy. Uh, it has not been easy. It's been the hardest thing I've ever had to do by far, ever. Well, and uh, and and I think there's two different types of people you start to find, or three different types of people. It's kind of the last note. When you start asking questions, like I start asking questions, you're gonna find a lot of people just don't want to be involved. They don't want to know. I never saw nothing. I never be nothing. Don't talk to me. Don't tell me anything. Hear no evil speak. I just don't want to be involved. Then you got some people that really come after you and attack you. And, you know, I have a lot of people on my family or people I thought were cool with me on the Nygaard side that just hate me now. I'm the I'm the shunned yeah, whatever. And that's fine. I renounce them, too. We all renounce each other, you know? Fine. Like, great. 
but there was that whole deal and you deal with that and then you get a taste of what it must be like for survivors because I'm dealing with this as his, as a grown man and yeah. his son and I could stand on my feet and handle my own business but imagine some poor person that has no idea like can't has a harder time to try to fight this monster so so you start to see who are the enemies or who are the people that are being aggressive towards you and that gives you clues as to like hey where's the dirt and then the other thing is is you get the heroes you get the people that step up and that are willing to do something and be in the trenches and do the dog fight both of my brothers i consider heroes in this story for coming forward and filing their stuff and doing their thing and um they were both very helpful on different fronts to this uh i would say also all the victims uh, all the survivors that have come forward and made phone calls are heroes um, for for voicing their truth, uh, whether they filed criminally, anonymous, or you know, as a Jane Doe, or whatever it works. Some of the ones that were so brave to come forward, there were numerous ones that came forward with news stories, put their faces out there. They're heroes. Um, Shannon Maroney, who's the therapist, who I ended up becoming my therapist because I've had to. So I see the same therapist that like 25 of the victims see. Okay, uh, wow. once a week, her and I are on the phone. But part of our phone call also is just con- was also continuing to just push the ball forward. Her and I ended up on the phone with a Canadian senator one time before the stuff was going. So they put pressure on, you know, certain or so that they would fall. We're just doing everything we can, right? So uh, Shannon Maroney's the hero. Greg Gutzler and Lisa Haba are the two that were behind the civil suit. They're heroes, mm-hmm. right? Because if without that civil suit. This doesn't happen, man. It's just like Lord of the Rings. I know you don't watch Lord of the Rings. How about Star Wars? You know, it, it is like literally like that. There's a there's a, a force of people that are fighting it, and then they have you know the the other ones, right? So we got Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know. Vader so, literally means father in German. Yeah, and and I'll side with Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, because yeah. like that's that's really the situation on this. So a lot of heroes in the story. And also I think it's important to, as somebody who is a family member or a friend of somebody who you find out later is a sex offender, um, you can get a certain social stigma on you. People think that somehow you are part of it or you're complicit or you're an enabler or something. And that I just think it's, it's really important that you don't judge people um, like that. And I stand, I stand proud that, uh, yeah, that was my, uh, my biological father, somebody I thought was my father, and now I, I know is a fraud of a father and a fraud of a person, and um, and that I stand in the corner of all those who have been, uh, you know, collateral damage to these toxic people, mm. where just by, you know, their misconduct, you, you suffer from, suffer. you know, stigmas and, you know, associations. That's why I also think it's important to be public and, and to stand with your truth to just say like like, there's nothing to be ashamed of well we'll put i think we should put some links um in the description yeah we definitely will definitely if you could give us a list of resources yeah yeah, i'll give you guys some links thank you guys so much i know this is a long one and uh, maybe we'll get the uh chris hansen thing coming pretty soon i'm pretty fired up about that awesome and uh we'll you're gonna see something unfold um it's gonna just get crazier but i think he's gonna go down as one of the this is going to be one of the it's even worse than epstein in Mm -hmm. the sense that the things he was doing are so bad Mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah. I, I won't even say him on here, but it's worse right. than Epstein. Not to laugh at that. It's just like at some point, like you cry enough that you laugh. But yeah. it's like I'm just so I'm so happy for all of the survivors that they know that he's locked up. And my brother and I, we have phone calls where if I'm feeling bad or if I get a wave of anxiety or whatever, I just I have him tell me a story and he tells me a story of what life is like for dad right now. Yeah. For, uh, for for Nygaard, and, yeah. he, and he tells me about it. Uh, and now he's in a jail. Uh, they moved him from the remand center to a place that's worse. And uh, he's in, like, he's in jail. Like, I think he's still got his own cell. But uh, it's not comfortable. It's not nice. It's not good. He's, he is. He's in the big house. And, and I don't think they're going to let him out. I don't yeah. think that he's getting bail. I think that this is the rest of his life, and I think he's going to get some crazy sentence by the time this thing is all done. Well, we're gonna we're gonna definitely do a follow up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we appreciate you coming and telling the story on the on the podcast, and uh, you know, giving us all all a glimpse into this story. You know, into the, the what's going on, what's happened in your life <laughs> as a as a member of the uh, of the Live to Walk Again family, and. Uh, We'll definitely we'll catch up soon, man. We will uh we'll we'll do an update. Yeah, I'm glad. It's good to be here to talk to you guys, and I wouldn't have rather shared it for the first time in this way with anybody else. Oh, I appreciate Facts. it, man. Truth. Well, we will uh, be back next week with uh, I don't know how we're gonna follow that one up, but uh, uh, we're gonna try for Chris Hansen <laughs> yeah. and let's see if we can figure out how to help the the paralysis and and uh, also disabled like disabled community. communities yeah. uh, to mitigate some of this like horrific predatory behavior from these like slime balls that exist in the world that Absolutely. prey upon people and, and they're sick. You know, it's, that's the thing, man. Rape's a special kind of evil. Yeah. There's no uh, tolerance for any of that. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Till next time, guys. <laughs>